We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome, boys and girls, to the Week 3 Gilcast. I'm Sammy Reed. I am joined by Josh, ADHD. Josh, how was the Sunday for you, buddy? Today was a good day. Good day. <laughs> it's, it's like I'm looking in the mirror, only it's the opposite. It's, it's one of those like crazy, it's, it's like a, you know, one of those like circus mirrors where everything is distorted and on your end, things are good. And on my end, not so good, buddy. Not so good. Tell me about your day. Yeah, so today was chalk avoidance day, and we did a good job avoiding the chalk, especially that donkey chalk at running back. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean we? You mean we, you? Well, it's the royal we, the, the <laughs> royal we, for sure. It's the royal we. So, yeah, we avoided that donkey chalk, and um, I think that's probably what what made the biggest difference. And that and pretty heavy on the wide receivers that hit really hard, the cheap ones. So you know. Can't complain. I was on the right side of variance today, I guess. Well, let me let, let me tell you, bro. I did not avoid the donkey chalk, and I played some, like, donkey non-chalk. I mean, basically everything I did was super donkey. My process was bad. My plays were bad. I'm just like, I'm such a fish. And I, I, I wish that we had uh, Nate Noling on the show because he fished it really badly, too. But, you know. Nate, Nate, Nate's just avoiding the gill cast. Like he couldn't take the heat, but I can take it, buddy. I can take it. So here we are. 
Um, tell me a little bit about your process. I mean, first off, you know what? Screw your process. Let me tell you how tilted I am. First off, that Minnesota game just ruined my whole day, bro. Just ruined it. Like, survivor pool. I'm in a wins league where Minnesota was my first pick. I had Diggs in an important fantasy league. I had Latavius, not just in cash, which was fine, but I had him in a ton of tournament lineups too. He was, there was definitely uh, chalk that I wasn't really sure about, uh, specifically Corey Clement and Eric Ebron, uh, that I did not play in any tournament lineups. And I thought those were good tournament fades, and indeed they were, but I rolled hard with Latavius. Man, that Minnesota game just ruined my whole day. I'm just like, I'm beside myself with tilt, man. How did you, how did you like stay away from this? Uh, it was actually, it just ended up being a price thing for me. And I decided to get out of all of those running backs in that, you know, upper 5k, lower 6k range, except for Kareem Hunt. I I just, I got out of all of them and decided to do something different. And it turns out that outside of, you know, outside of Gio Bernard, that was the right thing to do for the most part, because the rest of those guys stunk up the joint and it's just, it was game script. It was, I guess it was false perception about usage. It, it was just, it was a lot of things. And I just, I don't know, I matrixed that shit. All right. Well, tell me a little bit. Let's, let's talk about our builds first off. Uh, I went with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. I paid up for him. What did you do at QB? At QB, I, I centered my builds around Drew Brees because I thought Drew Brees was at like the cheapest point he's been since I can remember. And, and what was he priced at on DK? He, he was 6400 on DK. That's solid. Okay. So he might have gotten a little bit lower than that at some point last year. But given the way that they have been passing the ball to open the season, I just thought he was a slam dunk no-brainer at 6400 So I'm trying not to be results-oriented, but I don't think I am here. I, I almost never pay up for quarterbacks in cash. In general, I just think it's a, I just think it's a bad venture. You know, you can definitely get – uh, and talking DraftKings specifically, you know, Mahomes was 7K. There was a bevy of guys around 6K, not just Drew Brees, but, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, I think, was the play. Um, Cam Newton was a really nice play. I like Deshaun Watson, and I like Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, I think even Watson did all right, but, and Mahomes did great. I mean, he had three passing touchdowns, 314 yards, but the reality is, is that it leads you to a whole different type of lineup construction. I'm not a guy that pays up at tight end, quarterback, or defense. And you can, get away, you can get away from that sometimes when the slate dictates it, but in general, that's not what I do. Uh, and I got away from that this week, and I, I went with Mahomes. He performed fine, but I think it was bad process. I don't, I don't agree with it being bad process. I think the process really was okay. It's just if you're going to pay up for a quarterback like that, then you have to, you have, to have a – a reasonable assumption that he has a the probability of hitting 30 points much higher than the guys that, that are going to be just below him. Right. And, and, and Mahomes hit 28 and a quarter, which is great. But I, I just, I, I just think that, you know, getting those guys at 5,700 like Matt Ryan or six grand like Cam, I mean, they're not far off from Mahomes. Like I kind of got swept up in that whole and the other thing was I played Kareem Hunt in cash too. And so one of the things I wanted to do was play Mahomes and Hunt together and get a bunch of touchdowns. I did. I got five touchdowns out of them. Like that's a, that's a high floor move in cash. But I just I, 
I don't think that was fish. I just don't think it was optimal. Yeah, it wasn't optimal today because it, it you had to make a decision somewhere else that probably screwed up your lineup. Unless <laughs> I, I made multiple decisions that screwed up my lineup. I mean, <laughs> I think I think all my decisions screwed them up. So, yeah, it's a tough one, bud. It I is. Don't... It is okay. So it, you played Drew Brees, which was which was just fine. Uh, Drew Brees in a dome, usually a good thing. I played Mahomes. Okay. Uh, what did you do at running back here on DraftKings? Yeah, so running back, I, I wanted to pair Breeze up with Kamara, and I, so I did that. I paid up for Kamara, paid the iron price, and then I paired him up with Naheim Hines. And so that's the off-the-map, off-the-radar play. And, I, you know, in our text chat, Davis Maddock asked me pretty specifically, like, why I chose him. Why didn't <laughs> did I he, play did, Corey did he, Clement? Oh, I thought he asked you if you prefer uh, salt water or fresh water. Oh, no, I, if he said that, then I just totally <laughs> skipped past it. And I don't know, I, I could defend my play pretty pretty soundly, I think. And and I'll do that right now. And so I chose Naheim Hines because I felt like Indianapolis was going to be in a very pass-heavy script the entire game. And the last time, two weeks ago, when they were in a pass-heavy script, Hines got nine targets and he caught seven of those balls. So I, to me, I just saw this guy that was – he was $3,600 – there's no Marlon Mack to threaten his workload. And I felt like he was a very safe floor play at running back from a target perspective. And he was fine. He was 9.3 points. I'll take that for 3,600 all day long. So what made you uh, get a, get away from Corey Clement? Because Clement was 3.8. He was 43. Okay. Sorry, I, I, don't, have, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. I think that's I think that's the right number because he was thirty five last week. So I I just I had a bad feeling about his script. I had a bad feeling about his usage based on what I've seen in the past. You know, last week when he played, he was forced into that usage because they didn't have another running back to stick in the game after Ajayi went down. They just didn't have the depth that they typically have. This week going into the game, obviously they had worked on getting Smallwood touches, getting him integrated into the offense for this week, and I just felt like even at forty three hundred that there was a little bit of a false flag there for his usage and that he may not get these 20 touches that we all thought he was going to get. And it turns out they split up to work a lot more than, than, they, than we thought that they would. And, and Smallwood got the touchdown. Clement didn't. So it just didn't work out. You know, I, I really, as the week wore on, I really started feeling bad about Clement. You know, and it just like, I already had him in my lineup and it just worked and I liked everything else. And I was like, well, you know, it's not going to hurt that bad if he busts because everybody else is going to have him too. And I think there's some merit to that in cash games. Um, In tournaments, obviously, that's a situation that you want to fade it. But in cash games, I think that's fine thinking. But on the other hand, like sometimes you shouldn't care. Like you, in cash, you're just trying to, make the most optimal lineup you can. And if that, if Corey Clement isn't part of the most optimal lineup you can make, you shouldn't play him just because everybody else is playing him. And I mean, usage wise, he was fine. Like he got 16 rushes, he got four targets and three catches. So he had 19 touches. You know, he had what, 75 total yards and three catches. Like it was fine. It was, it was just fine. I don't, and you know, I'm looking at the $25 giant single entry double up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was 64% owned. So two out of every three people played him. Uh, super chalky. So 
Um, I, I don't think that was bad. I don't think it was great, but he was definitely, definitely a tournament fade. And I think it's one of those things where I didn't play him in a single other tournament lineup. And if you don't believe in a guy to that point, maybe you shouldn't play him in cash. I agree with that. A hundred percent. That's why I got out of him. Yeah. I just, uh, I just didn't feel it. Okay. The, the guy I did believe in Latavius Murray. <laughs> I mean, he just, he just got his day pooped on right from the very beginning. I, I, yeah. he- I heard from a friend, so I don't know if this is accurate, that this was the biggest upset point spread-wise in 23 years. Did, I believe did, it. Did you hear that? I, I, didn't, I didn't hear that, but, I mean, as soon as you see a 17-point spread go up in smoke like that, you think it has to be because that spread doesn't happen very often. I mean, I, I know I haven't been this upset in about 23 years, so that all really makes sense. Uh, Latavius Murray, 8.1 fantasy points. He had 35 yards and one catch. Uh, I mean, I just I, – I believed in this. Like, I, I thought he was just going to get a crap load of usage, and this game just, like, wrecked my whole day, bro. It was so That's bad. Not just you, man. It probably wrecked, like, 90% of the fantasy uh, landscapes day. Everybody well, just – this is the NFL, man. It's just nothing is certain. Nothing is ever certain. Well, we, of course. Never, we never keep that in mind for the most part. I mean, in, in tournaments, you should always keep it in mind. In cash, you're just going for the most likely scenario. You know, you're, sure, not, sure. you're not trying to take advantage. You're not trying to be anti-fragile in cash. Um, but Latavius Murray, 45.3% owned uh, in, in the giant $25 single entry double up. So, yeah, a lot of people yeah, so were on that. But the, the, I would want to look at stack ownership and cash. Like, who had, who had Murray and Clement? Because yeah, well. you know that was probably the most popular <laughs> running back combination this week. I did. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I would guess it's probably a third of the field that had that, that, had that stack at yeah. running back. Yeah. Yep. That sounds about right. Uh, okay. So, receiver wise, what did you do at receiver? I'm interested in this. So receiver, yeah, I mean, it's I, I, I chased Julio this week. I just thought that I, I thought he was going to just be a super awesome floor play, and he was fine. Like he got fourteen point six points. That's okay, you know. Yeah, he, if Calvin he gets four more yards for the bonus, like it's a whole different story. Yeah, it's that would have helped too. Those those extra three points, and then at, at the other two spots, I went with Robert Woods and Geronimo Allison, and I. I guess I should open this up to say that I ran two cash lineups this week because there were some plays that I liked that required different roster constructions. And so I just built two, two different lineups, but I'm talking about my, my main lineup this week that I ran in more of the contest. So I had, it was, um, I had Robert Woods and Geronimo Allison along with Julio. And then I ran Keenan Allen in the flex. Interesting. Because I thought, I thought Keenan Allen was a really good floor play. It turned out that, that the Rams had a plan for him, even though he was in the slot, and they defended the hell out of him. And kudos to them. Yeah, their, their, boundary, their boundary corners are good. Um, yes. And so you want to attack them more on the inside. So I, I, I actually think that made sense, even though he wasn't really in my consideration this week. Yeah, I mean, the, the super sharp play would have been to ride Mike Williams because Mike Williams was the guy that they were probably going to pay the least amount of attention to that runs slot routes like Keenan Allen does. But that's probably some hindsight, um, rosy outlook stuff that's going on there with me too, thinking, ah, you know, I could have tweaked a little bit. So 
I'm not unhappy with the, with the wide receiver, especially Robert Woods. I mean, Robert Woods is an air yard darling. Um, yeah. He was very, very popular in Josh Hermsmeyer's air yards model going into this week as a guy that should pop anytime soon, and he damn sure popped. So yeah. if you had him, you probably won some money this week. I mean, really the only thing that saved my week uh, from like just being a complete tire fire is that uh, I had I did pretty good in GPPs to like not lose 100% of my money. So that was nice. And Robert Woods was a big reason why. Same deal. Uh, yeah, like, like you said, he's just popping in the air yards model. Um, the, guy's a, the guy's a really good player. And I had a decent amount of him in tournaments. Did you play Tyler Boyd? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't play Tyler Boyd. So let's, let's, let's just get down to what I did at a – You opted I, out. Yeah, I, I really wish I had Nate here uh, just to back me up, you know. It's the, the strength of two fish as opposed to one solo fish. But you know what? I'll just wear it. So what I did at receiver, I went with Julio, who, I mean, he basically just did Julio things. Uh, 80 points were scored in this game. He scored zero of them. So that's pretty par for the course. Good job, Julio. Uh, you know, you, you suck. Uh, uh, Michael Thomas was the other guy I played. And I love that play. It was just so damn expensive this week. Yeah, I mean, it was just – it was one of those deals where at, at running back, I went Clement and Murray and then also Kareem Hunt. Let's, let's actually rewind for a second because I need sure. to spend some time on my third receiver play. Uh, let's talk about Kareem Hunt. There were a lot of people – so I had a very busy day. I, I was in San Diego, and, and uh, I traveled back. But, so I wasn't spending a lot of time on social media. But I did click into Twitter, and I did see a lot of people saying, oh, you played Kareem Hunt, you're a luck box. Like, you know – that was, that was a stupid play, and, you know, you just, like, ran good to get two touchdowns. Like, oh, yeah, you're so smart. You knew he was going to get, you know, two, two goal line rushes. People were going to go down at the one-yard line. Like, you ran so good. Um, and my opinion is that that is high-level poppycock. Okay? Agree. You have – Kareem Hunt was the running back on, like, the team with the highest implied total – as a strong home favorite. Like that's actually what happens in those situations is that guys there score touchdowns. That is actually how it works. Low. Yeah. Six grand. I, I just thought, I, I thought hunt was a sharp play. And one of the knocks on hunt is that he hasn't been involved in the passing game. Right. At all. At all. He has, he had one reception through the first two weeks. Uh, of course it was against the Steelers. So he turned it into a touchdown because that's what happens when you catch balls against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's pretty standard, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's just like magic. Like a leprechaun comes out and sprinkles some fairy dust on you. He's like, Oh, here you go. Here's the yeah, touchdown, the, buddy. And that's the what, ghost of Ryan Shazier. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. Poor guy, poor guy. And they're feeling him. Uh, but I thought Kareem Hunt was a great play at six grand. Like, and he was not involved in the passing game uh, at all today. And so I was a little hesitant to say, okay, we've seen two games that he really hasn't been involved in the passing game, but he was involved plenty last year. I'm not quite ready to say, oh, he's just not going to be involved, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not 100% on that. Obviously, it's trending downwards. He wasn't involved today, so that's another data point. But, you know, yeah. it, it, give, me, give me your opinion about Hunt. No, I think it I, – I had the exact same opinion that he's on this high-powered offense. His – 
regression to the mean as the main running back in the offense, he's going to get some points. He's going to score some touchdowns. It has to happen. Like I, and I thought that $6,000, it was, I thought it was again, kind of like Drew Brees is as these player prices start to kind of bottom out. That's when you need to play them. If you think that they have, you know, elite ceiling. So I liked Hunt. You know, one thing we can say about Hunt is his, his usage in the passing game this year has been consistent. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The problem yes. is that's one target a week. <laughs> Consistently non-existent. Yes, yes. So I, will that change? I, I don't know, man. I, I'm starting to think that, that he's, um, I don't say a victim, but he, he gets to ride along with a mobile quarterback, and mobile quarterbacks tend not to throw to the running back. It's just that's kind of how it is. I know Brian Malone has done some work on that in the past, and it's, it's pretty consistent across mobile quarterbacks. They just don't target the running backs as much. So yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, do you chase that dragon going forward? I, I don't know. I guess it depends on the cost. Like it depends on the cost and the spread and the venue. It's all situation, right? It's all situation. Yeah. But I, I will. I stand by that play. I'll do it again. Six grand for you know, Cream Hunt is a home favorite. Totally. 49ers. Like let's go. Okay. So receiver, I went Julio and Michael Thomas, and my big stand of the week, Josh. This was my stand that I took. And I went down in flames for this one. Just straight flames. Just, I mean, incendiary take is that Corey Davis was my guy. Corey Davis against the Jacksonville Jaguars for 4.4 was my guy. And I was like, screw Tyler Boyd. He's a scrub. I'm just going, Corey Davis, I'm going to win all the money. And, I mean, that was just... You ever see a movie where like the helicopter, like something gets in the, in the propeller and it like around and turns and then it finally crashes, goes up in like this great ball of fire. That was me today with Corey Davis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it just, I'm, I'm such a fish. I'm such a, so let me give you my reasoning and then I want you to tell me why I'm a fish because I know I am. Uh, but as a fish with a very small brain, it's very hard for me to be like self-aware and uh, you know, yeah, this is true. This yeah. is true. Yeah. Yeah. So my thing, my thinking was this, right. Corey Davis coming into this game had a 0.81 weighted opportunity rating. And that's a, that's an air yards.com uh, metric, which basically combines air yard share and target share 0.81 for Corey Davis, 0.82 for Michael Thomas. They basically, through two games, had the same weighted opportunity rating, only Corey Davis was 4.4. He was half the price. And yes, he's facing Jacksonville. And yes, Jacksonville has a great pass defense. But I was like, look, they don't have anybody else to throw to. I still think he gets 8 to 10 targets. And for that price, I don't care who he's playing. And look, Jacksonville's got a great defensive backfield, but... You know, they allowed 111 yards to OBJ week one. They allowed two touchdowns to Chris Hogan in week two. Like, just because they were so great last year doesn't mean they are that great this year. They might still be very good, but things change quickly. I'm not ready to, like, anoint them. And I was just like, dude, Corey Davis is lit AF. And he was not lit AF. Josh, tell me why this was a bad idea. Because I know it was. I just don't know why. I thought about him you know, this week, I, as soon as I saw the price, I knew he was going to get the Jacksonville price cut and I saw 4,400. I was like, I'm going to put him on my list and I'm going to have to think about him really hard. And I got out of him 
because I was not sure if Mariota was going to play. That was issue number one for me. If Mariota doesn't play, I'm not playing him with Blaine Gabbard. And then issue Fair. number two was Fair. I, you know, I, I I did I envisioned a close game scenario between these two teams, not the one they had today that was this low scoring drudgery, but I, I thought that these you know both teams could maybe kind of squabble near to twenty points, and I thought in a, in a close game like that that he his target. Sh- his target volume may be pretty low. Like, you know, I'm going to say low for like six or seven. And I thought that I could do better around him at that target volume. So I, I ended up getting out of him because I liked Tyler Boyd more. I liked uh, Geronimo Allison a whole lot more based on the game scripts that I thought those guys were going to be facing. And I just ended up just Corey Davis didn't work out for me this week. I just didn't see, I didn't see enough floor for him to, to go chase after him. So I'm, I'm a bit surprised you played him, Sammy. I really am because we, I mean, we, we put some stuff up in the, in our text chat this week and it, it, you know, they, um, Nate put his lineup in there that had Corey Davis in it. And that was my first question was you're going to play Corey Davis. Like, seriously, you're smarter than this. Dave, well, well, first, first off, you're a hundred percent wrong about that. And second off, I was in solidarity with Nate Noling. Nate was a hundred percent Corey Davis. And so was I. And I'm like, buddy, you and I is going to be rich. Monday yeah, morning, we're going to wake up, we're going to look <laughs> at our DraftKings accounts, and it's just going to say full. And it's going to be awesome. And it didn't work out like that because Corey Davis had three targets, yep, two receptions. So Davis is so, – so me and Davis and uh, Nate went back and forth on this. I really wish Davis and Nate were on the show because, I mean, Davis just wrecked Nate on this take. Davis was like, bro, you have to play Tyler Boyd. Like, Boyd is just it's such a better play. And Nate was like, no, bro. Like, I'll bet you – they're, like, starting to make Bitcoin bets on it and stuff. Like, oh I really goodness. wish – I really wish we had this. But Tyler Boyd straight smashed. Just smashed today, bro. And I think part of that was A.J. Green going out. But Boyd was having a pretty decent game even before that point. He did but, a lot of his damage before A.J. Green went out. Yeah, I think he scored the touchdown before that. He ended up with six for a buck 32 and a touchdown. So, yep. I mean, by my math, that's 25. That's 28.2. I have to calculate it manually because I can't look at my lineup and just see the number because he, yep. wasn't, he wasn't in my lineup, you see. Yeah, so I, I pulled up the lineup that I had him in. And he's 28-7. 28-7. <laughs> Because he, he also he got a rushing attempt for five yards. Oh yeah 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 I missed that yeah that's good that's good they involved him on the ground too a little gravy that's really excellent uh, that makes me so happy I can't even tell you um, but Tyler Boyd smashed bro and I just I just didn't really believe like he had one good game you know like I, yeah, I was he he did he's he's had, he had one good game but the thing is I you know and this is what surprises me about Nate. And the take that he had about the Whopper because Boyd's Whopper is not as high, but his his target volume in offense has been immense. Like it's it's AJ Green, it's Tyler Boyd, and then it's nothing else, pretty much. Yeah, Ross they, has not been that involved as we thought. Ross is non-existent, and he did, he did get seven targets today. You know, he got seven targets today because AJ Green went out of the game, and they were and they were yeah. chucking trying to catch up. So, yeah. but after I don't, you'll see. I don't, if you haven't seen it yet, you'll see the the replay of the the long ball that John Ross basically quit on because he wasn't giving a damn about the route as he ran it. 
and ended up being picked off. So it's, I think his days are probably numbered again in that offense where they're probably not going to play him. So it's, it's going to be Tyler Boyd show if AJ Green misses any time. Well, I played Corey Davis over John Ross. I did pay seven hundred more dollars in salary for the privilege of doing that. And uh, you Tyler yeah. Boyd, right? You didn't play John Ross, I hope. Oh no, John Ross. I, I can't even tell him apart. I mean, uh, it would John Ross basically would have been as good of a play as Corey Davis. He got seven targets to Davis's three. So this is true. Yeah. So bottom line is, I mean, I just I, I breathe through gills and. I, I mean, when I die, I'm going to float upside down, belly up, and that's going to be the end of me. I mean, this is just – this was so bad. I played Corey Davis in cash. You know what his percentage was in, in this $25 double up? Take a I guess. would guess it's probably under 2%. Uh, that is correct, 0.5%. You were the only person. <laughs> you and Nate were the only people that played yeah, how, many, how many people? Corey Davis. <laughs> It's just me and Nate. <laughs> you and Nate. One out of every 200 people decided this was a good idea, and I was one of them. I'm, I'm just so bad. I'm just so are, bad. I mean, that's just – dropping their tournament lineups in cash. Oh, my God. I mean, I had them all over in tournaments too, which probably <laughs> didn't – I think didn't he's a fine me. tournament play. He was I a just... great tournament play. A- amazing tournament play in cash. Like, this was really bad, and I should feel bad. Yeah, I, it's it's okay. We'll we'll recover. I mean, I used Peyton Barber in cash last week at running back, and I, I, I remember I that. To defend that take, so <laughs> it's okay. It happens. Yeah, I, I they, that fish died, and and they flushed it down the toilet and replaced it with this fish. Ah, so it, okay. it it just hurts. It's one of those things. Like I had a great first two weeks, week one and week two were you know a great time around the Sammy household, and I was just flying high, and I was like, dude, everything I I touch turns to gold. Corey Davis, Shazam. Didn't it didn't work out? Uh, tell yeah, me not so much. All right, so I, I feel better now that I've gotten that out. So thank you. It's very cathartic. Uh, what did you do at tight end? Did you yeah, eat tight, end. tight end? Yeah, I I didn't I didn't get too chalky at tight end. I played. Um, I split my lineups. I had half Kittle and I had half Jared Cook. So I didn't play the right. Ebron donkey chalk once he became available. Yeah. Ebron was definitely a bad play. He ran extremely well at the end of the game to get to 8.3 DraftKings points. I mean, this is just what Ebron does. And yes. I, knew, I knew he was bad chalk too. And Davis had tweeted out something earlier in the day how Indianapolis really considers Ebron's position and Doyle's position different positions, right? Mm-hmm. You have the inline tight end and the move tight end. And... Ebron didn't like step into Doyle's role, right? As, as the inline guy. And he, he was just doing Ebron things. And, you know, he dropped, you know, one or two touchdowns, which is fairly Ebron-ish. And, uh, you know, he had 33 yards, Ebron-ish. And he was 64% owned. And it was just, he just fit. That number. Fine, but yeah. That number amazes me. 64%. That yeah. blows me away. Like, I mean, I felt there were so many other better plays around him, even once he became available. You know, you had Hooper at, at twenty nine hundred, and Hooper was probably you know fairly highly owned. And I, he was he was in the one of the highest total games of the week, and he's been used. I mean, they're giving him consistent five six targets a game. I just I thought he was a really safe floor play, yeah. and he did fine. 
And then I, I decided to go cook because Miami, at least up until I, I maybe until very recently, Miami's been kind of a, a flowchart team for tight ends. You know, they, and they, wasn't, wasn't Rashad Jones out? I believe that's true. Yes, yeah. I think so. And they just kind of give it up to tight end. And, you know, I, for what you had to pay for Jared Cook, it was 4K. I thought he did fine. He got eight points. I mean, it, t- tight end is a nuclear holocaust zone right now. You just you – you could barely ever get tight end right, even if, if you pay up. Yeah. So, in general, you just want to take the tight ends that are getting some volume in, like, high – uh, team total games and that was yes. not and that was not Ebron I knew it was bad Ebron again a guy I played in cash I played zero percent in tournaments zero percent and at some point you're like hey if I don't think this guy has any viability as a play like I should not be playing him in cash and uh and I did and that was that was fishy too yeah that surprises me Sammy that surprises me, man. It, it's oh. it's okay. It's okay. You were you were out of town. It was just you weren't in your comfort zone. I I, I mean, I'm not I'm not joking. You, I, I kind of was. So, uh, so I write the read option for Roto Grinders, and so I was at this work conference down in Newport, which is for people who don't know California. It's like Orange County. We're staying at this swanky hotel, and we have to do like from seven thirty to five. We're doing like a conference and like you know doing all this stuff. And then afterwards, we have to go out and, like, do, like, team-building activities. So, like, one night we, like, go out on a boat, you know, and we're, like, doing a scavenger hunt in the, New York, in the Newport Harbor. And it's great. It's fun. But, like, I don't want to do that stuff. I just want to go back to my hotel room and chill. I don't want to hang out with my coworkers. Like, I just hang out with, hung out with you all for nine hours. Like, I, I like you guys, but I, I don't like anybody that much, you know. I don't want to – but bottom line is I barely had enough time to, like, write my column. Uh, I was doing all this work. Then I went to San Diego afterwards and I'm like hanging out with my friends and like, you know, we're out, we're drinking. I probably smoked way too much pineapple express. Like this whole weekend was just a disaster and it really showed in my lineups. Like I was, I was not focused. That's true. It's okay, man. It happens to the best of us. It really does. Like this was one of the few weeks where I set my lineup uh, pretty much like Friday afternoon and didn't look at it again. I didn't tinker. And it was that's, just, that's awesome. That's rare for me. Cause I'm always, I'm always jacking around with my lineup and making bad decisions at the end of the, right at the end of the, the submission time. So I didn't do that this week. It kind of worked out. That's good because I actually have done a, a really in-depth multiple studies on this. And it turns out that 94.1% of Sunday morning swaps don't work out. Yeah, it's it's science, it's math. So yeah, oh, that was smart. Yeah, um, what's, what is, what's your study group? Is it just like you and, and Nate and, and Davis and me? No, yeah, yeah, it was just me actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's a robust study. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I'm the I'm the only one I care about. So, <laughs> what did you what did you do at, at defense here? Yeah, so defense, I, I, I again, I, with my split lineups, I ran Jaguars in one because I thought they were a slam dunk defense. And it, it was okay. Like, it wasn't a total tire fire. And then on my other roster, I ran Cardinals because they were dirt cheap playing at home. And I think Mitchell Trubisky is a disaster at a quarterback. So That is, that is correct, actually. So I just and, – and both of them turned out okay. I can't complain. Like, we didn't have any blow games out of a defense this week, which is – you know, it kind of saves everybody's bacon because it didn't really matter who you played. You just kind of got, you know, you kind of got a 2X for the most part out of everybody except for the donkeys that played Dallas on the road. 
Yeah, and, that was uh, that was that was just straight bad. I'm sorry if you played Dallas, that was actually bad. You get what you got, what you deserved. Yeah, playing Dallas defense on the road in it, Seattle. In Seattle, like I know Seattle's looked bad, but that team has shown it's a different team at home. And, totally. And Dallas, I mean that that defense is not that good. Like they have uh, Demarcus Lawrence who can rush the passer. That, that's yeah. that's really it. Like what else on that defense are you like? Yeah. There's, yeah, there's nothing that makes you quake in your boots. And Sean Lee was dinged up. Yeah, hey, he's like, always dinged up. He's yeah. always dinged up. But he, and he missed some game time today. And and you know that's when Seattle was able to really run the ball was when he was out of the game. So it's just I don't know. That's, yeah. that's a bad process there. We're using Dallas really anywhere, but especially on the road. Yeah, those those fairly hopeless. I ended up using the Chiefs. And that's very interesting. It was, it was interesting. So last week I used the Bucks at home against Philly for like 21 or 2200, and they had a great game. They and did. This, this, this week uh, I used the Chiefs. They didn't do that great. They pulled off four sacks. They had four points um, for 2200 or 2100. They were basically like a defense. I don't think the Chiefs' defense is good, but they were a big, they were a big ass home favorite, and they were like just over the minimum. And I was, I was like, look, the rest of my lineup is fire. I got Mahomes and Hunt to get all the Chiefs touchdowns. I got Jones and Thomas in that shootout. I got Corey Davis, who's going to light the world on fire. Like, I can afford to punt defense because uh, my original lineup had Minnesota in it. So, uh, God, if you, you played Minnesota. out of that. Yeah, I'm glad I got out of that. But, like, it didn't really matter because my lineup was bad. Uh, Minnesota defense. But I wrote them up in the read option. I was like, look, I'm here to tell you. I don't – like, you don't need me to tell you that Minnesota is a really good play this week. I'm just telling you it's okay to pay up. I told people yeah. that, and I feel bad about that because – You're not the only person that told people that, though. That's not – I mean, it's uh, – in, in hindsight, you would make that call 100 times out of 100. I would. I because would. Because the game that happened today happens one time in 100 games. Like literally one in a hundred games. So yeah, it's true. It was fine. The the one thing I found interesting though is that with all this concentration of ownership around Minnesota, why didn't more people just bump down to Jacksonville? Yeah, Jacksonville was four thousand dollars. Jacksonville was a great play. The um, the giant five dollar double up right now. They were four under four percent owned. Wow, really? Yeah, I, I was shocked by that. I couldn't believe that number. Can, can you see and what Minnesota it, was? I I did not see that number. Um, yeah, all you have to do is scroll down to the bottom, like the last place teams. Yeah, and just, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, and just pick some of those, and they're going to have the Minnesota defense and Latavius Murray. Okay, Minnesota, surprisingly, in the same giant double-up was uh, 13%. So okay. everybody else must have been on either Dallas or uh, Arizona, would be my guess, because they seem to be the most popular plays this week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – Shoot, I, I can't even hate on the people who played Dallas. I played Corey Davis in cash. Like, yeah, here we go. Dallas, thirty-two percent owned. Ah, yeah, no way. Oh, yes, Dude. I mean, so like I said, I was like, uh, I was out of town, so I wasn't really like, I didn't have my finger on the pulse. But they must have been popping in models, or like one of the big sites was like pumping them out as a good play. I, I didn't even consider them. Like, yeah, a couple of the models I look at that they were very highly ranked, and again, I just scratched my head and I was like, "That's highly suspect." <laughs> yeah, that's that's so dubious, bro. That's so dubious. Um, well, I'll tell you, it feels good to like let this out. Um, 
just <laughs> how bad this was. It's just like the, the good times couldn't last forever. Let's wrap this thing up, Josh, with a couple of our takeaways from uh, the day. I don't have too many because I was, I was in San Diego. Uh, I, I did watch the morning games, and then I drove back up to the Bay, so I didn't like see the afternoon games. I didn't see a lot of highlights, so I'm, I'm flying a little blind, but still, um, a couple takeaways. What do you got here? Yeah, so for me, the, the one thing that I see right now is that uh, you could pretty much play – you could almost stack the Rams offense every week right now. Yes. All of their wide receivers, even Gurley, Goff. I mean, you just shove them all in a lineup, and it's kind of like Kansas City, the same thing. I mean, there's just this totally dominant, diverse offense, and everybody gets a piece. Everybody gets a piece. So I, I that's something I took away from today. Actually, in, in, a, in my tournament lineup this week, I, I ran a full Ram stack and ran it back with a couple of chargers just because I thought that I thought that game would go ham, and it, it kind of almost did. It got close. So I like that. Um, let's see if there's anything else. The Dolphins, I, I think the Dolphins might be paper lions. I don't know if they're really for real, but, you know, I think they've just kind of had kind of luck at a draw so far, but they're winning the games that are put in front of them. Yep. And they don't look too bad. You know, they don't look too bad. They keep, you know, they, they have a pretty good deep ball offense, it looks like, because they got three deep pass touchdowns today. So I think we may need to look – we may need to look at Ryan Tannehill a little bit more seriously as a cash game consideration if we think that offense is going to have to score some points to stay in a game. Yeah, and they missed stills on another one from what I heard. Yep. So um, let's talk about the Patriots for a second. I know they were not on the main slate, but, I mean, they just wet the bed in this, in this night game. Seven-point favorites on the road, and they got handled by 16 points by the Lions. Never got anything going. Tom Brady threw for a buck 33. I mean, no, no Patriots receiver went over 51 yards. Uh, this was really bad. Did you watch any of that game? I watched some of the game, and it, it, it looked to me like Matt Patricia just did a number on them from a coverage perspective. <laughs> That's so wild that that happened. I know, right? So uh, it just looked like maybe uh, like this was like his Super Bowl, right? He wanted to go beat Daddy. Yeah. And, and he beat Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it just looked like they had all the routes covered and that New England didn't really have this game-breaking receiver that was dressed for the game that could come in and kind of just, you know, break that defense. Oh, you, we'll mean, see, you mean we'll the see GOAT next week. Yeah. You mean the GOAT Josh Gordon. Yeah, yes. uh, my, my Chris Hogan shares are looking super suspect right now, bro. I, you know, I think, I, I think they're fine. I think they'll be just fine. That You know, that team will figure it out. They always seem to figure it out. It just takes them like, you know, eight weeks and they'll get by for eight weeks. And all of a sudden that thing is going to be humming and we'll act like nothing ever happened. Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask you about because they have not looked good kind of all season, but last year they started off two and two. Remember they got run in the first game of the year. Casey went in and put hands on them in their house. Yeah. And so, you know, we've seen this out of the Patriots before where, it takes them a while to get acclimated, figure out what's going on, how people are playing them, et cetera, et cetera, how roles are going to be defined, you know, the, the kind of divisional labor, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm not ready to write them off, but it's definitely – I don't know. Who do they play next week? I want to I know if I can stack them up. They play the Dolphins at home. Oh, yeah. Let's go. 
I'm stacking the Pats, baby. Woohoo! I, you know, it, it feels like a Pats defense kind of weak, to be honest. Because I, yeah. I feel like they could just totally take advantage of Ryan Tannehill at home. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe we'll play Tannehill in cash, though. Yeah, just in case. Um, <laughs> we might do that. We might do that. What you know? What else? I mean, Tennessee is just a dumpster fire. I just, I just that that whole team is bad. It's really bad. What's what's your take on Green Bay right now? Uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously limited. He's still putting up points and yards. They had a really even split with their backfields. You know, uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and Tymont. They they all kind of split it somewhat evenly. You know, looking at like snaps and targets and rushes, etc. Yeah, I mean, what I take away from that is Washington has an excellent pass rush. They can disrupt the pocket. So when, you know, you take away the ability for Rodgers to run anywhere, he's kind of a sitting target. So yeah. I I think this is just more of a um, – I, I just think it's more of a matchup issue than anything else that they got beat this week. You know, they they had plenty of production. You know, Rodgers, his, his product his, – his efficiency stunk today. It stunk to high heaven. He only had 265 yards on 44 attempts. So yeah. that kind of tells you that, and that and one Washington, of them was that deep bomb to Allison on the like blown coverage. Yes, yes. So, but thank God for that thing because <laughs> he was in my cash lineup. So, I would, I, yeah, you real quick, I wanted to go back to the Lions really quick because it, one thing so that, pumped. Carry on, Johnson got a lot of work tonight. You did, and I think a lot of that was maybe because they had the lead, but he pretty much he split the the carries very evenly with uh, Legarrette Blunt. I think he's starting to take that job over. And so going forward, especially if we think that Detroit is going to have positive game script, I think we need to look at on Johnson as a cash game play, depending on his price. Like if he's in the fives, I think he's going to be a really solid consideration. Yeah. I'll throw out one uh, kind of game theory thing that I don't want to say we learned, but I think has really been highlighted over, I mean, frankly, the last couple weeks is that, when you have a game you believe in that's going to score a lot of points, say New Orleans and Atlanta today, or last week uh, Steelers and Kansas City specifically, those were games you can be contrarian and still get exposure to those games by really stacking up on those secondary players, right? And last week we saw like Conley score and we saw Jesse James get a bunch of points. And, you know, in today's game we saw – Calvin Ridley, he, I mean, uh, you know, I had one decent tournament cash because of him, right? Um, I didn't play him widely, but it's one of those things where you can start taking some of the, the secondary options. And if those games are shootouts, you can be contrarian, still getting exposure to that game while, you know, while fading guys like Julio Jones, which is like just always a really sharp idea. Yeah, I agree with that. It's and that's kind of that was kind of how I ended up building my roster this week. I think is just doing some contrarian stuff, like playing Robert Woods and playing Geronimo Allison, and getting away and you know playing Nyheim Hines. Like you know on the, I think on the surface Nyheim Hines is a fish play, but as you work through as you work through and tell the story of how a thirty six hundred dollar running back can get nine or 10 targets in a game if the game script is, is right, which it should be. I mean, they're playing the world champion Eagles on the road. Then I think you can tell some stories where these satellite players, these ancillary players that are cheaper can perform for your roster and allow you to do a lot of other 
useful things with your money, like pay for Michael Thomas and pay for Patrick Mahomes. So something to consider. I hear you. Uh, last thing, and this is not a new thing either, but Atlanta against running backs. And I know game script, but I mean, 14 receptions for Christian McCaffrey last week, 15 receptions for Alvin Kamara this week. And guess who they play next week? Do you know? Um, no, you're going to have to tell me. Giovanni Bernard. Oh, that's beautiful. At Atlanta. He's 6.3 on DraftKings, so he, he has been priced accordingly, but the only it, problem is that Mixon is probably going to be back. That can't, that can't be true. I don't believe that. that. That was the report this morning was Mixon was likely to play in week four. Um, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But Yeah, for sure. But if, yeah. Mixon, but if Mixon plays in week four, you know who should, we should probably be rostering is Joe Mixon. It's a, for the exact same reason. Hey, Mixon's only 6.4. Don't threaten me with a good time, you know? I know, right? Whoever's in there, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saving that spot. We're going to make that happen. I, yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, let's do that. All right, buddy. This was, this was very cathartic for me. Uh, this was good to, to get all this, all this stuff off my chest. Uh, thank you for doing this, even though uh, our, my other fishy friends were not here for me. Davis and Nate, you were, and I appreciate that about you. Anytime, brother. Anytime. All right, you guys, follow Josh on Twitter. He's at FantasyADHD. You can follow me on Twitter, at SammyReadFI. Thank you for tuning in to the Week 3 GoCast, and we will talk to you guys next.